You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 217. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. That Body Podcast. I hope you are ready for a great week ahead. I always like to post my new podcast episodes on a Monday to give you some kind of inspiration for your week to stay fit and healthy. So always try and listen as early in the week as you can, but I know how weeks get and sometimes you might not get to it till the end of the week, but hopefully it provides some kind of inspiration and education again to keep you fit and healthy. Now today, we are going to talk about something that's been on my mind for a long time. Now, we all know that vegetables are important in our diet and they're so healthy for our body, but have you ever wondered if the way that you're cooking your vegetables is potentially impacting the nutrition in them? Well, in this week's podcast episode, we are going to talk about how to prepare your vegetables in the effort to maximize the benefits of nutrition and to find out which way you should be cooking them. And it's a little different for different vegetables, but it definitely caught my eye when I was doing this research. So we are gonna talk about all of that. And I just wanted to answer some questions. I've been getting a lot of emails. My February sessions for the Earn That Body programs are now open for registration. I start clients every Monday, but I only have a certain amount of slots because all my clients are private clients for nutrition and fitness. So if you're interested in getting that weight off, potentially before spring, I mean, this is sort of what we're looking at now. My clients who are getting into my February programs are looking at being bikini body ready for spring break. And hopefully we get a spring break, right? That is my, my, my fingers are crossed that there's some kind of hope at the end of this pandemic. But anyway, just think ahead right now because again, getting your nutrition on track, losing weight now in this winter time period is what's gonna set you up to feel amazing in the spring. So go to earnthatbody.com or as I always say, email me, kim at earnthatbody.com if you would like to find out which program would best benefit you. So we're going to talk about veggies, how to cook them, all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, I'm giving you a bit of inspiration today. So sometimes we talk news, sometimes we talk tips. Right now, I wanna talk inspiration because what I'm seeing the most, which is very typical this time of year, is that people are already feeling discouraged or have already given up their goals for weight loss. And it's because, as I've said in the last few weeks, a lot of people go on these detox diets, these extreme diets, these fad diets for New Year's. And this is, you know, around that time, a little weeks past it now. Um, and, And they're not sustainable. But what is sustainable is weight loss that is more like one to two pounds a week. And I know for some people, you think, oh, if I only lose one pound a week, how long is that gonna take me to really get to the goal weight I want to be? And that in itself can be so non-motivating. And I totally get that. 
But this is the reality and this is the way I want you to see it. Instead of thinking, oh, I have 50 pounds to lose, is that potentially 25 to 50 weeks away? That's so far away. Instead of thinking like that, I want you to think like this. If you could make some changes in your nutrition right now, not extreme ones, but certain changes, like say you don't eat out as often, maybe you you limit yourself to eating out two times a week max, that alone could help you lose several pounds a month potentially, right? Maybe you give yourself another uh, guideline like I'm going to eat three vegetables a day and two fruits. Starting to add up some of these basic ideas that are easy to manage versus the extreme things where you're starving all day and you can't manage it. But adding up the lifestyle nutrition changes. And if you get it in your head, well, this is the way I feel better. This is the way I'm going to eat from now on. Then does it really matter if it's going to take 25 weeks or does it matter that one year from now, you're going to have lost a lot of weight. One year from now, you're going to feel better than you do today. So instead of thinking about it like next week, I want the weight gone, think of it as making this a lifestyle change. But again, that can be really overwhelming for someone who thinks they're doing an extreme diet for a lifestyle. That's not possible. But making simple nutritional lifestyle changes, which is what I teach my clients in my programs, that is sustainable. And you will not even believe at how quickly these lifestyle changes add up for nutrition. So don't be overwhelmed and don't give up on your goals. Just try to extend your vision of your goal to one year from now. Where do you want to be one year from now? Not two weeks from now. I mean, I know a lot of us go on a diet and we're like two weeks later, we're like, wait, I've only lost two pounds, like what's that? But you have to give it time. It's the small steps that add up. It's the little bits of weight loss that add up. So just start to think about where you want to be one year from now and what that might take. Don't make it extreme, make it more simplistic, small steps that you can add up to over time. So I just wanna inspire everyone to know that one year from now, you can be so much healthier than you are today. And you can do it. I believe in all of you. I know that you can do this. All right, let's get back. Let's talk about vegetables. Today's research has come from CNN, Consumer Reports, Time Magazine. I had to do a lot of digging to find out the best way to eat our vegetables. So do you think eating raw vegetables is the healthiest way? A lot of people think raw is best. And in fact, some studies show that the process of cooking certain vegetables will actually help break down the tough outer layers and cellular structure of many vegetables, which then makes it a lot easier for the body to absorb certain nutrients. But although cooking improves digestion and the absorption of a lot of these nutrients, it also could reduce levels of some of the vitamins and minerals in our vegetables. So for example, compared to raw, studies found that eating cooked spinach and cooked carrots resulted in higher blood levels of the antioxidant beta carotene, which then converts to vitamin A. And it's not just limited to vitamins. Cooking vegetables also helps increase the amount of minerals like calcium, magnesium, 
iron, and that makes it more available to the body. So we definitely now know that cooking your spinach and carrots is definitely a great thing. But how should you cook them? Well, let's start with this. They recommend steaming, but not boiling. And as a general rule, it is best to keep cooking time, cooking temperature, and the amount of liquid that you use when you cook your vegetables to a minimum. And that's why steaming tends to be one of the best ways to cook most of your vegetables. Now, it turns out that especially true for broccoli, which is long touted that top anti-cancer food. I have to say it's one of my favorite vegetables. I'm probably the only one, but I love broccoli. Um, when buying fresh broccoli, they recommend that you look for firm florets with a bit of a purple, dark green, or bluish hue on the top of it, as that contains a little more of the beta carotene and vitamin C than the florets that have lighter green tops, which that was something new to me, and I'm definitely going to look for that when I pick out my broccoli from now on. Now, there was a 2009 study in which they prepared broccoli using five popular methods. They boiled, they microwaved, steamed, they stir fried, and they even did a stir frying boiling. And researchers found that steaming the broccoli kept the highest level of nutrients. Now, boiling vegetables causes water-soluble vitamins like your vitamin C, your B1, and your folate to leach into that water that it's boiling in. So unless you plan on drinking the water along with your vegetables, which you actually might do if you make a soup or a stew, then it would actually be okay. But otherwise, those vitamins are typically poured down the sink, right? You boil up the vegetables, you take the vegetables out, and then all of that nutrient in the water you put down the sink. So steaming is a gentler way to cook because the vegetables don't come in contact with that boiling water. Now, there was another study in 2009 found that peas, cauliflower, and zucchini were particularly susceptible to a loss of nutrients through boiling, losing more than 50% of their antioxidants. Water is not the cook's best friend, generally is what they're saying, when it comes to preparing vegetables. So you wanna be really careful, probably not to be boiling your vegetables. But what's the exception to this rule? Well, in this case, carrots. Another study showed that boiling and steaming increased the levels of beta carotene in carrots, but they do recommend that you cook the carrots whole because when you cut them, it reduces the nutrients by 25%. So I thought that was really interesting too. So carrots can in fact be boiled or steamed and it still increases the level of beta carotene, but they recommend you do this with the vegetable completely whole. In fact, they say that cooking vegetables whole is often the best way to preserve the nutrients. So when that's not practical, just be sure to cut them into as large of pieces as you can, but uniform pieces so that they do cook evenly. And wait to wash your vegetables until just before you cut them because washing before storing 
It really promotes bacterial growth and it can speed up spoilage as well. So I always tell my clients when you're meal prepping, a lot of people want to wash all of their produce. They want to wash all those vegetables and wash all the fruits. I have always said, don't do that as part of your meal prep. When it comes to vegetables and fruits, I like to call the prep buying it and having it ready to grab. But if you wash it and then put it back in the fridge, you are really increasing your chances for bacterial growth. And this, uh, this actually happened to my sister. She washed her kale, she ate it later. She was violently ill from bacteria that got on that kale. So I don't do it because I was with her in the hospital that day and it was not a pretty picture. But it really is true, it does happen. So be very cautious and just, Keep the fruits and the vegetables dry, not washed until you're ready to use them and then make sure you wash them then. That was sort of a little side note, all right? All right, so now what we've learned is that we wanna steam our vegetables, not really boil them unless they're carrots. The carrots can obviously handle that. And they say, when in doubt, you should actually microwave your vegetables. So microwaving uses little to no water and it can heat the vegetables quickly from within and that preserves the nutrients like vitamin C that break down when there's too much heat. Now a 2003 study found significantly higher levels of phytonutrients in zucchini, carrots, and beans cooked with minimal water. Phytonutrients are compounds naturally found in the plants that provide the health benefits and disease protection protection in the human body. In fact, studies have found that microwaving is the best method for retaining the antioxidant activity of even garlic and mushrooms. And meanwhile, about 20 to 30% of the vitamin C in green vegetables is lost during microwaving. So interesting. It's like you get extra of this and this one's better, but then this is lost. It's like you just can't have it all. So 20 to 30% of vitamin C in green vegetables is lost during microwaving, but that is still less than most cooking methods. And so that's what you have to sort of weigh. It's microwaving, you're still gonna lose some of that vitamin C, but not as much as you would say had you boiled it, right? Now there's always there there's always like the exception like carrots was to boiling. So this exception they say don't microwave cauliflower. The 2009 Spanish study found that the highest losses of nutrients in cauliflower after boiling and microwaving were with the microwave. So don't don't put cauliflower into that list. It's like we've got to make ourselves a whole list here, right? Cauliflower is not going to do as well of course with boiling and also with microwaving. Now maybe you're not into microwaving. I personally, I don't, I've never microwaved my vegetables. It just somehow doesn't seem natural. <laughs> I like to use the stove or I like to use, I guess the oven. I don't know if it's considered natural, but I have not microwaved my vegetables, but it sounds like it's one of the better ways. But then there comes the sauteing or should you fry? So now they're comparing saute to fry. What do you think? I think it's so obvious for most of us in terms of health. They say saute, don't fry. And this is why. Studies show that during deep fat frying, fat penetrates the food and the vegetables dehydrate. 
But sauteing and a little bit of healthy cooking oil, like maybe an extra virgin olive oil, is a great way to cook a lot of vegetables. Not only does it maximize the flavor, and let's face it, everyone, we do want our vegetables to taste good, right? But the addition of olive oil appears to increase the absorption of phytonutrients like phenols and carotenes. And so that's something that's definitely going to benefit the nutrient. Now, this is because many of the vitamins and nutrients in vegetables are actually fat soluble, meaning your body absorbs them better in the presence of fat. Then there was a 2015 study that linked sauteing certain highly popular Mediterranean vegetables like your eggplants uh, in extra virgin olive oil with an increase of antioxidants that can protect against cancer. So it's also interesting to see how some of these cooking methods has actually increased the levels that your body can absorb. Now, olive oil is a great option for sauteing because it has one of the highest levels of antioxidants and phytonutrients of the cooking oils. And while olive oil has a lower smoke point than canola oil, when sauteing, you can control the temperature so you don't make it too hot that the food is cooked at to avoid it becoming one of those high temperatures, in which case you wouldn't want to use olive oil. And I did a whole podcast episode on oils if you have any questions on that. But just so you know, you just never want to heat olive oil at too high a point. So when it comes to sauteing or frying, now we know saute is going to win. Then they talk about griddling, baking, and roasting. So not grilling, contrary to grilling, which normally involves some sort of charcoal, they say that griddling uses a pan with distinctive raised edges and is normally done on the stove or in the oven. Veggies griddled with just a tiny bit of olive oil can develop intense flavor, be super healthy. And the 2009 Spanish study found it to be an especially good choice for green beans, asparagus, broccoli, celery, onions, Swiss chard. All of those are actually my favorite. So griddling is a great way to cook those particular vegetables. Baking or roasting, they say that's a little bit hit or miss and it's dependent on what type of vegetable. Because oven temperature, time, and the specific vegetable determines that vitamin content. Nutrient capacity will decrease a little bit with some vegetables while access to certain nutrients could go up with others. Again, it's so interesting to see some vegetables, it's like it turns on the nutrients you can absorb and some it takes it away. Now the 2009 Spanish study found that artichokes, asparagus, broccoli, celery, eggplant, green beans, onions, spinach, they kept their antioxidant capacity after baking. Green peppers, they lost antioxidant capacity. Well, this is good news for me because I bake my broccoli all the time. That's how I absolutely love it. So it seems like for a lot of the vegetables, that would be okay. Now, tomatoes are also served well by roasting and cooking in general. The studies show that cutting and heating tomatoes opens up the cell wall of the fruit. And tomatoes are technically a fruit. I tell my clients that all the time. They, they think it's a vegetable, but technically it's a fruit. And this allows greater access to the health benefits of the antioxidant called lycopene. 
Adding a bit of healthy fat, such as olive oil, is a benefit as well. Now they say, never peel a tomato or throw away its seeds because most of that antioxidant power of the tomato actually lies in the peel and the seeds. So it's best to cook fresh tomatoes as natural as you possibly can without removing everything because that's where a lot of those nutrients are going to come from. But if you hate tomatoes, they say that you shouldn't rush out and buy a lycopene supplement because the lycopene is super healthy for us, but the overall evidence of lycopene's anti-cancer effects is more evident in people who eat a lot of tomato products but not who take lycopene supplements. Once again, what I say all the time, forget the supplements. The body doesn't even understand them, it seems. In all the research that there is, it pretty much never leaves you to get the supplement versus eating the real food, right? Now, that's a lot about how to cook it and how it affects certain nutrients in the body. But what I wanted to also know was, does cooking these vegetables lower the fiber content? Because a huge reason that I encourage my clients to eat vegetables is not just the nutrients and the vitamins, but also the fiber. Our body needs a certain amount of fiber every day. And this fiber is so important for so many reasons, including our digestion and also just the the feeling of being full. So when I have these clients who tell me I'm hungry all the time, usually it's because they're not eating enough, but sometimes it's because they're not even getting close to enough fiber in their diet, which really fills you up. Now, while cooking can modify the structure of the fibrous cell walls in plant foods, loss of fiber when cooking is not generally a concern. I was so happy to hear this. <laughs> fiber is tough, they say. It's the portion of the plant that our bodies are unable to digest, even with all of our specialized enzymes and strong stomach acids, and it's similarly undisturbed by cooking. Although the cellulose and other indigestible materials in these plants are not broken down by cooking, they can become softened. And that's why some people who have difficulty digesting raw vegetables may have a little bit of an easier time with a tender cooked vegetable. A technique that can reduce fiber, however, would be peeling. Remember we said, try not to peel these vegetables. Removing the skins from certain fruits and vegetables like your apples or potatoes, it can cut the fiber by one gram or more per serving. And I always tell people, don't cut the skin off your kiwi. There is so much fiber in the skin of a kiwi. And it seems really weird. Ooh, I don't wanna eat that that sort of hairy looking skin on a kiwi. But what I do is I wash the kiwi really well and I scrub it and then I slice it into little slices. And that way I'm not just eating, you know, like one big hairy <laughs> kiwi, but it's sliced up and I don't really taste the sort of granular edges of it. But that's where all the fiber is. So a lot of times you just have to make sure that you're keeping the peel on, even with those apples, even with the potatoes. But as they say, it looks like cooking isn't lowering the fiber content. And that was sort of a relief for me to hear because that is a super important aspect of 
vegetables. Now, what about dehydration? A lot of people have food dehydrators now. I just got one because I'm huge into gardening right now and dehydrating certain vegetables, um, especially like sun-dried tomatoes, things like that can be awesome for a gardener. So I was wondering how dehydration affected some of these vegetables. And they say that longevity does have some costs because when you dehydrate, they last longer, right? However, when fruits and vegetables are dried, they lose as much as 80 and 90% of their moisture. That's really what you're doing. You're dehydrating it, you're taking the moisture out. And that means that they're much smaller and they're much lighter. And one problem with that is that they're much easier to eat. So while you might never think of eating 20 fresh apricots in one sitting, it's actually very easy to do when they're dehydrated because they're super, super small, super, super light. And what's the problem with that? Well, for one, it's a lot more calories, right? So one cup of fresh apricot halves is 74 calories and one cup of dried is 212 calories, so more than double. But you know what the benefit is? There's more fiber too. It's 3.1 grams in one cup versus 6.5 grams in the apricot comparison. Now, while the fiber is actually good for you, they say in small doses, some people, if you eat too much fiber, it can have an adverse reaction, of course, to your bowels. Uh, so you, you want fiber, but you don't want too much. And sometimes when people start eating dehydrated fruits and vegetables, they're eating so much more that it could be a little bit too much fiber. But I, of course, love to hear that the fiber is not going to be impacted by that dehydration. Um, so in general, you don't have to worry too much about your nutrients, but some of the vitamins when you dehydrate, some of that will be lost when the fruit or the vegetable is put in these dehydrators. Because it's a long period of time that you usually have to dehydrate these things, right? So depending on how the food is prepared and dehydrated, losses of heat sensitive vitamins like vitamin C and thiamine can be actually quite significant, they say. And fruits like apples and apricots, peaches and prunes, they lose about 6% of their vitamin A, 55% of their thiamine, and 10% of niacin, and 56% of vitamin C. So unfortunately, there aren't any perfect solutions when it comes to dehydrating these things. Um, but that's just sort of the way it goes. So dehydrating your fruit and vegetables, I would say be cautious. You are gonna lose some of the vitamins. You're not gonna lose the fiber, but in general, it's probably best to eat most of your fruit and vegetables not dehydrated, I would say, right? Because you're gonna get a lot more of the nutrients that way. Now let's just talk quickly about how you can reduce nutrient loss while cooking, sort of summing it up with these 10 tips. The number one thing is you want to use as little water as possible, right? That's what we talked about. So boiling is really not the best method. The second thing is consume the liquid left in the pan after cooking. If you're going to cook in water, they say, then you better have the water. <laughs> That's where all the nutrients are going. So it's an option. So like I said, a soup or a stew, if you're going to consume the liquid that it's in, then at least you're not going to lose those nutrients. Then the third thing is they recommend don't 
peel the vegetables until after cooking them. And better yet, they'd say don't peel it at all because that is gonna maximize their fiber and nutrient density. Number four, cook the vegetables in smaller amounts of water to reduce the loss of vitamin C and B. Number five, try to eat any cooked vegetables within a day or two, as their vitamin C content may continue to decline when the cooked food is exposed to air. Personally, side note, if I cook a vegetable, I eat it right then and there. It's not the kind of thing I generally want to save. Again, you just have to be careful because of potential bacteria. Number six, they say cut the food after rather than before cooking. If possible, when food is cooked whole, less of it is exposed to heat and water. So if you can cook a vegetable whole, that's gonna be the most ideal. Or like they said earlier, you can cut it into as large of pieces as possible versus lots of tiny little pieces. But do try to make sure that those pieces are equal in size so that they cook at the same rate. Number seven, they say cook vegetables for only a few minutes whenever possible. So that's why steaming can definitely be a great way to do it. You can often steam vegetables pretty quickly or that microwave is honestly the best way because again, it can be done quickly without the water. And then the last one, they say don't use baking soda when cooking vegetables, although it helps maintain color and vitamin C. That is something I have never done but apparently it's something that some people do. So I just wanted to make sure to include it in case you do it. They actually recommend that you don't use baking soda when cooking vegetables. Now here's the thing, just as eating a variety of vegetables is, as good, is a good idea, enjoying them in a variety of ways seems to maximize the health benefits. And what I'm saying by that is if you love boiled something vegetable, have it sometimes, but just try to vary the way that you're actually cooking your vegetables because you might get more nutrients when you cook it this way, you might get more when you cook it that way, and you're gonna get a little bit here and there, and it all comes back to what I always say, which is moderation, right? So don't boil all your vegetables, maybe roast some, maybe saute some, maybe steam more often than not, maybe you microwave some, do a little bit of everything, but what you really don't want to do is you don't want to avoid eating a vegetable because of the way it is cooked, because there's still more benefits likely to eating it than not having any vegetables at all. As we had said, fiber isn't really affected too much in a lot of these cooking methods, and fiber is one of the most important parts of a vegetable. So don't avoid a vegetable. If you go to someone's house and they're like, I boiled it, you don't have to be like, oh, then I'm not gonna eat it. There's still gonna be something of quality like the fiber in itself that is going to benefit you. And eating vegetables and fruit, as I always say, it truly is so important. Now, I don't take a multivitamin because I feel like even those, I have not found much research at all to show that it's truly benefiting the body unless your doctor has prescribed it for you. But what I try to do is get as much of my vitamins and nutrients from things like fresh fruit and vegetables every single day. Now they recommend five servings of vegetables a day. 
two to three servings of fruits a day. And if you can get that in, you're probably doing fantastic. And if you make sure more of those are not boiled <laughs> than not, you're probably doing even better. And that's everything about how to cook your vegetables. I personally found it pretty interesting because it's something I always wanted to know. And I think that what we take away is that we're not going to boil them. Uh, and if we do, we're going to drink that water, right? <laughs> Just put it in a little thermos cup. I wonder what it tastes like. I wonder if it tastes like anything. It's kind of interesting. Maybe it could be like a tea. If you boil your broccoli and then put that hot water in a mug, what somebody out there do it and then shoot me an email and let me know how it goes. Maybe I'll even give you a prize for it. I'd love to hear about it. Or maybe I'll have to try it too. All right, everyone, that's everything for today. I want you to go get your vegetables. Make sure they're in your house because that's the first important thing is having it available for your healthy week. And don't forget, you can reach your weight loss goals. Even if you have a ton of weight to lose, remember, think about one year from today. Don't think about next week and how much weight you can lose in a week. Think about one year from today. I believe in you. I know you can do anything. Take it one day at a time. Take it one step at a time. And I promise you, it will all add up to something amazing. Fear in That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play right away. Don't forget, February sessions are open now. Email me, Kim at EarnThatBody.com if you are ready for me to personally guide you on your weight loss journey. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to EarnThatBody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.